Chapter Four of I, Mary MacLean, by Mary MacLean. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Four. Every day and tomorrow. Tomorrow, aloofly, I live in this butte in the outward role of a family daughter with no responsibilities. This butte is an incongruous living place for me. And I have not one human friend in it no kindliness and nature in her perplexingest mood would not of herself have cast me as a family daughter Three things have kept me thus for four years past that nothing has called me out of it a Slight family pressure like a tiny needle point which pierces only if one moves and to stay thus is presently the line of least resistance Unless impelled to violent action by a violent reason like love or hatred or jealousy or a baby or humiliated pride or rowling ambition a Woman follows the physical line of least resistance. I Have followed it these years with outward acquiescence and inward rages languid rages which lay me waste The years and acquiescences and rages have built up a mood which compasses me drives me damns me and lifts me up it is a forceful mood though i am not myself forceful this mood is this book i live an immoral life it is immoral because it is deadly futile all my tissues of body soul mind and heart are wasting decaying wearing down minute by minute hour by hour day by day with no return to me or to my life nor to anything human or divine it makes me dread my life and myself i do not quite know why but to be an ardent pickpocket or an eager harlot would feel honester my every day goes like this i waken in the morning and lie listless some minutes with drooping eyelids i look at the gilt and blue bar of morning light which slants palely in at one window and at a melting gold triangle of sun which shows at the other window on the red brick wall of the house next to this Then I say another day and I kick off bed covers with one foot and slide out of my narrow bed and into blue slippers and out of thin nightgown and Into peignoir or bathrobe I twist and flatten and gather up my tangled hair and push some amber pins through it And I go into a respectable green and gray bathroom and draw a bath and get into it I splash in brief swift soap suds and go under a sudden heroic icy cold shower and dry me with a scourging towel Then I go back into the blue white bedroom and get into clothes feminine thin undergarments and a nun like frock I Look in my mirror some days. I'm a delicately beautiful girl other days. I'm a very plain woman One's physical attractiveness is a matter of one's mental chemistry I say to me in the mirror it's you and me Mary MacLean and another wasting damning tomorrow Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day a Haunting decadence is in that tomorrow thought and always the tomorrow thought comes out of my morning mirror I dwell on it a while till my gray eyes and my lips and my teeth and my forehead are tired of it and make nothing new of it I jerk the flat scallop of hair at one side of my forehead and turn away 
I opened door and windows wider for the blowing through of breezes and I wander downstairs It is half after nine or half after ten I go into the clean empty clock ticking kitchen and cook my breakfast It is a task full of hungry pleasance and pleasantness I make a British feeling breakfast of tea and marmalade and little squares of toast and pink and tan rashers of bacon and two delightful eggs up to the moment of broaching the eggs the morning has an ancient sameness with other mornings but eggs though i've eaten them every day for quite five and twenty years are always a fascinating novelty they are delicious in my breakfast so are the squares of toast and the bacon rashers and the tea and marmalade when i've done with them i lay down my napkin by my cup light a cigarette breathe a puff or two from it and feel contentedly aware that my brain has gone to rest in sweet tranquillity with my breakfast when my brain is in my head it analyzes the soul out of my body the gleam out of my gray eyes the savor out of my life the human taste off my tongue that post breakfast moment is the only peace moment I know in my day and in my life Having puffed away the cigarette and read bits of a morning paper I then prove me arrantly middle-class by contemplating washing my breakfast dishes I am middle-class quite from the soul outward, but it is not specially apparent one's tastes and aspirations flit garbledly far and wide but a tendency to wash one's dishes after eating one's breakfast feels conclusively and pleasantly middle class not that i do always wash them but i always think of it with the inclination to do it i sit on the shaded front veranda in the summer noonday and look away south at the blue highlands ever snow-peaked or east at the near towering splendid grim wall of the arid rockies which separates this butte from new york from london the spain castles the pyramids the isle of lesbos or southwest beyond housetops to some foothills above which hang a fairy veil made by melting together a lump of gold and an apricot and spreading it thin then restlessly i go into the house and up to my room i put it in order in prim prim immaculate order one marked phase of mine is to some wanton creature a minad a mental amazon a she-imp but playing opposite to that is another that of a new england spinster steel riveted to certain neat ferociously orderly habits a stray thread on my blue rug hurts hurts me until i pick it up dust around my room gives me a nervous pain a piteous gnawing grief of the senses until i've removed it and my chastened looking bed after i've turned over its tufted mattress and made it smooth and white and crisp and soft how the fibers of me would writhe should anyone sit on it but no one can sit on it and i myself sooner than press one fingertip down into its perfectness would sell my body to a balkan soldier for four dimes it is that way i feel about it my bed must be kept perfect till the moment i slip into it at night to float under the dream worlds then maybe i pull a soft black hat down over my hair and draw on gloves and go out into the gray paved streets for a longish walk or maybe the day is humidly hot then i don't go but stay in the blue white room 
and mend a bit of torn lingerie or a handkerchief or a silk stocking or a petticoat or i take books and dig out some greek homer or a sapphic fragment very laboriously but marvelling that i can do it at all the first things one forgets being the last things one learned at school or i read an english or a french philosopher or a translated tolstoy or a bit of balzac novel or some bits of dickens books with which latter i am long familiar and long enamoured for the restful falseness of their sentiment and the pungent appetising charm of their villains and between whiles i think and think then it's dinner time and i perhaps change into the other nunlike dress and nibble some dinner with no appetite and talk with the assembled small family in a vein and tone of lifelong insincerity when in family circleness i've had to hide my true self as if behind a hundred black veils since the age of two years it will be a poignant effort now to show any of it at the family dinners which is the only meeting time the one easy way is to be comprehensively insincere at the dinners where with no appetite i nibble none there wants my sincerity and so in my soul's accounting now it is eternally and determinedly no matter it is a little bell which stopped ringing long and long ago if it rang now it would ring only no matter no matter then it's night and i go to take the walk i didn't take in the afternoon i walk down long lonely streets long lonely thoughts pile into me and through me and wrap me in a nebula that i can feel around me like a mantle i walk two or three miles of paved streets till i am very tired i am lithe but fragile from constant involuntary self-analysis one may analyze one's life experience and life emotion till physical tissues at times grow frail gossamer thin it is then as if not a word a whispered thought a beat of the heart one's soul might flutter through the veil join light hands with the death angel and flee away but i love my life even when i analyze it bit by bit and so hate it i love it in its grating monotones and its moments of glow and its days of shadow and storm and bitterish lowering passion i walk back beneath a night sky of dusky velvet blue decked with jewels of moon and star and flying bright-edged cloud the night has a subdued preciousness like an illicitly pregnant woman's it is big with the bastard exquisite tomorrow the night air kisses my lips and throat i pull off my gloves to feel it on my hands it gives me a charmed and unexciting feeling of being caressed without being loved i come back to my blue white room take off my hat ruffle my fingers through my hair look at me in the mirror and smile the melancholy wicked smile which i keep for me alone it's an intimate moment of greeting a recognition of my familiar on coming back to her often when i walk i go without me and wander far from me and forget me then i sit at my flat black desk and write desultorily for two or three or four hours sometimes a letter sometimes some verses or a hectic fancy in staid prose but now mostly this then i go downstairs to a refrigerator or a cellarway to find food a slice off an affable cold joint 
some chaste-looking slices of bread, a slim, innocent onion, and I eat them, not relishing, but voraciously reminding myself of a lean, foraging, furtive coyote. It is two or three or four in the morning. I smoke a quiet cigarette in the cool night doorway and count the nervous grey velvet moths outside the screen. And all the while I think and think. Then I come up to my room and sit on the floor by my low bookcase and read some last-century English poets, the Brownings and Shelley and the unspeakable John Keats. The poets make me a space of incalescent magic and loveliness. They are the beings blessed of a flaming heaven. In the midst of soddenest earthiness, their fiery wings pierce the night. Then I'm thrilledly tired. I close the books and make ready for my bed in a lyric-feeling languor. A soft, soothing, unsnapping of whalebone stays, a muffled, rhythmic undoing of metal and silk-rubber garters, of pushing down and sliding out of daytime clothes and into a thin, pale, cool, silk nightgown, a hurried brushing of hair, an anointing of hands and throat with faint-scented cream, a good night to me in the mirror, a last wave of a fateful thing, my life essence, casual and determined and contemptuous and menacing, sweeping down over me in an invisible shower, and I'm betwixt smooth linen sheets. In twenty seconds, blessed, blessed sleep. Of such wild littleness is my day made. One day will differ from another in this or that volcanic molehill, and some days I not only wash a great many dishes, but do a deal of housework neatly and self-satisfactorily, and like a devilish scullery maid. And some days, as I move in the pretty pace, thoughts and feelings, sweet or barbarous, come and change my world's face in a moment. Also, a casual human being of rabbitish brain and chipmunkish sensibility may stray across my path and gently bore me and accentuate my own paganness. But always the same days in restless, dubious tomorrowness, always immorally futile and eerily alone. End of chapter four.